Hi, I'm Jeremy Hall, and welcome back to the Kingdom Ethics Podcast. We have been on quite quite a long hiatus. Was it a hiatus? We thought it might be the end of it because of just how busy we both have been, but now we can just describe it as a long hiatus. Yeah, retroactively, right? The nerds call it a retcon. When you pretend like you meant something in the past that you didn't mean, and now you make it meaningful. Retro continuity. Nice. Yeah. So. How about how about hiatal retro continuity? HRC. Well, that's a good term, but it won't be the name for this season. I think this is season four, and we're calling it the fall of democracy. Dun dun dun. Which which is a it's a play on words. Um. <laughs> Because we are going to talk about democracy and governmental systems and what they have to do with the church and Christian ethics and Christianity in general and personally. So lots of democracy and governance and polity talk. And it's the fall. So it's the fall where we talk about democracy, but also we are concerned that democracy might be in trouble. Yes. Both in our context of the United States, but also there se- it seems to be struggling globally. Right. So it's a good title for the series, Jeremy. And it's good to, for our listeners who have stayed loyal to the Kingdom Ethics podcast in the long wait. Thank you for waiting for us. And, and uh, we're glad to be engaging, um, engaging you all again. So thanks. Yeah. So we, What we're going to do with this season is work through the big themes in David's new book, Defending Democracy from Its Christian Enemies. That's slightly incendiary. (laughs) What did you pick the title for this one or was the publisher throwing rocks? This title came to me when I was uh, preparing my inaugural address for the Free University of Amsterdam. Uh, Everybody who gets everybody who gets a chair at that university um gets to give a an orati which is an inaugural and that was in may of 2022 i was already thinking about this and i this is the title that came to mind it is a bit incendiary i do think it is justified uh and we can talk about that so if we're if we are talking about defending democracy from its christian enemies my initial gut reaction is that if I was listening to this podcast, I would now be concerned that this is a political podcast. Is this a political book? Is this a political season for David Gushy? Or is this something else? Are we still doing Christian ethics or are we doing politics? Uh, we're still doing Christian ethics. Um, because I'm asking, how shall followers of Jesus engage the, the public arena, the pu- public life? in this country and other countries what does faithfulness look like that's so that's christian ethics okay earlier the earlier seasons part of our intro and stinger and all that jazz was that kingdom ethics podcast is a presentation of the center for theology and public life and while we're we're no longer under that center that's that's sort of the idea right that to do kingdom ethics to do christian ethics is to take the things we say we believe our theology and move it out into social public space and actually do it right 
Another way to say it, if you think about the kingdom ethics language that has been so central for us, what does pursuing the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, have to do with relating to the kingdoms of this world? Okay. And does it matter how the kingdoms of this world are governed? If it's communism or fascism or dictatorship or socialism or or democracy, does it matter? Do we have a stake in that? I think we do, but we have to make that argument. Mm -hmm. The church hasn't been clear on that. That's been, we've been arguing about that since it's in the Bible, right? (laughs) We've been arguing about it, and the biblical material that is relevant to this is complicated. I would say, that's the way to think about it. What does the kingdom of God, seeking the kingdom of God, have to do with the kingdoms of this world? We've been arguing about that since the very beginning of Christianity. It's also in the Jewish tradition as well, and in the Hebrew Bible. So. Um, yeah, I would say this book, when, when, if people will take up this book and read it, they will see, they will hear a little bit of a different aspect of my interest that I've never written about at such depth before. Did I mention to you, Jeremy, that when I was getting ready to graduate from seminary, I had three PhD options in mind. I don't know if you knew this. No. I was considering, uh, Hebrew Bible studies. I was considering international relations, and I was considering Christian ethics. And so um, there was a university in in the UK that I had uh, looked at applying for international relations, the University of Kent. I was considering Mm -hmm. going there. And um, in the end, I decided that Christian ethics was the field that I needed to pursue, but my interest in those other fields never really went away. But, but the way I like to tell students is nothing you study in any other area is ever wasted in Christian ethics. Right. That That's my favorite thing about having given so much energy to this subject matter is that I don't, I don't feel like I've sacrificed anything. Because I, I do a very, I love kingdom ethics specifically because I'm doing Jesus, I'm doing Bible. I'm kind of a... If I wasn't doing ethics, I would have gone into probably New Testament. Yeah. Because I I can't get over Jesus. I'm absolutely obsessed. And so I get to do Ethics Unites, my interests in theology and philosophy, and my passion for the local church. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, I mean, my my apologetic for ethics, if a student says, why should I take your ethics classes or why should I major? Why should I get a PhD? I believe that every other field can be drawn in to the project of helping Christians be faithful followers of Jesus. So the more you know about Hebrew and Hebrew Bible, the more you know about New Testament and Greek, the more you know about the history of theology, the more you know about name your contemporary issue, whether it's economics or um, uh, environment or politics, the more you know about pastoral care, the more it feeds into doing good ethics. And it, and because I've always been local church oriented, I want to help. Uh, Jeremy, I'm thinking of some people at our at our uh, church, uh, former churches that we've been in together. I want to help those specific people be more faithful followers of Jesus. So everything is always oriented towards the church being faithful. Right. So with this new project, we're looking at how the church is faithful out in the polis. Right. This is sort of the question. Right. Is is this Augustine's question? What does Rome have to do with Jerusalem? Is that Augustine? 
Augustine, uh, I think, I don't think it. My church history isn't the best in the medieval era. But um, I would say the question here is there are signs that the Democratic slash Republican, little d, little r. Mm -hmm. Not the parties, the concepts. Right. Uh, political system that has been in place in our country quite imperfectly, but in place since the ratification of the Constitution. It is being questioned. It is also functioning poorly in ways that are hard to miss. Um, the stability of our Democratic slash Republican system is shaky in a way that I've not seen in my lifetime, and it's a long lifetime, and I've been studying this stuff pretty closely. It's also in a way that I think we have not seen since the Civil War in, mm. in this country. And so that has to be interrogated. And the thesis of the book is that there is a, a part of the Christian community that is contributing to the shakiness of that democracy. Those are the Christian enemies, and I know that's provocative language, Christian threats, Christian, um, anyway, I could use other language, but, but there's a way of looking at how to be a Christian and how to live in society that I think is fundamentally wrongheaded. And I'm trying to correct it, to challenge it and propose a better way. Yeah. And there's a term that you've come up with and, and I don't, maybe someone else coined it, but it's all throughout your book that Christianity is being reactionary, that the negative right aspects of the church that are the enemies of democracy per the title of your book that that movement is reactionary and one of the things that i'm always deeply concerned about is when the church gets reactionary we should not be reactors we should be actors the church loses every time it acts out of fear the church loses the church loses every time it joins the culture war because we we were not given tools for that. Jesus did not equip us to fight a culture war. And so every time we do, we lose. I think that's that's good analysis. Um the the phrase that I use in the book that I unpack throughout the book is authoritarian reactionary Christian politics. ARC and I say in the book, um, one way to think of it is, you know how Martin Luther King talked about the arc of the universe bends towards justice. Um, I would say that for reactionaries, what they want is to bend the arc of history backwards. Hmm. They don't like things that have developed in our culture since, say, 1962. They want things to go back, make America great again. Um, again, something, some vision of the past. Yeah, nostalgia is a heck of a drug. Nostalgia and despair, I talk about in the book. And those are both real. We've seen that in, like, really surge in popular culture lately. Have you, um, you can think about the most recent country music hits, right? Yeah. Try that in a small town and some of its ugliness and then the, uh, the real, the, the anthem of despair that, oh shoot, what's his name? The Richmond, North of Richmond song. Yeah. Such yeah. an 
I mean, that song is honest. He is telling his truth. And there, there's some, some points in it that I find misplaced, but he's, he's not lying. He is telling you about his experience. And so many people have resonated with that experience of despair of seeing no future, of feeling like everything's been taken from them, that all they are is kicked down and kicked out and pushed out of a space that they feel is theirs. Yeah, it is pretty much universally true that that societies that, that are heavily fueled by despair, uh, it tends to destabilize culture and politics profoundly. And um, it tends to create a revolutionary kind of environment. It's not the way of Jesus. Um, there's nothing in the message and ministry of Jesus that should lead us to a path of of despair and, and a posture of permanent negative reaction to everything in culture. So, yeah, so I, this is a Christian ethics project. Um, it reflects a concern about developments in many different countries, not just the U.S. Um, it's about the mission of the church in, in the world, and it's about the preservation of democracy and making a case for democracy as the best or at least the least bad political system that human beings have managed to develop. Um, that doesn't make it a utopia. It just makes it better than the alternatives. Right. The, the least dystopian option. <laughs> the best of <laughs> right. all possible worlds, right? That's the phrase. So that has been discovered so far on this earth, given human nature. So there's a lot of like, a lot going on there, and I look forward to talking uh, with you about the content of the book. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be an interesting one. A, a final thought. When we, when we think about Jesus, and we think about politics, and we think about despair, those are, it's perfect for the Gospels. That's the context of the Gospels. Jesus yeah. comes to a people in a place of religious and political despair that are being dominated by an outside force. And Jesus's response is not reactionary. Jesus' answer to the Roman problem is not to fight, is not to hide, is not to organize. He's not playing the game that any of the other parties in his time are playing. He's not joining the Herodians or the Sadducees or the Pharisees or the Zealots or the Essenes. Jesus is doing a kingdom movement that's completely different. It's a movement of actors. And he, we, I cannot think of a time when Jesus is genuinely reactionary in the Gospels. He is driven by his own vision. Um, he does not let the Romans set his vision. Though I think his vision is Jewish prophetic messianic mm -hmm. right um god is sovereign no matter who says that they're in charge and god's will is what we are to be pursuing and uh, we are to have our eyes fixed with singleness of purpose upon doing god's will and he's creating a a, a community of of people who are practicing a different way than every existing alternative right the, um, um, and it's it's forward looking. That one of my favorite yes. quotes from Bonhoeffer, and I I use it in various ways all the time, is that Christianity is at its best when it's looking forward towards the kingdom and the new creation instead of backwards towards Eden. 
Right. That's in ethics. And I've been very affected by that line as well. In general, looking backwards is not, it's hard to know where you're going if you're looking backwards, mm. right? Um, and any idealizing of a past is uh is dangerous anyway there's no going back to a past history only moves forward um but i would say that been a juxtaposition in in christian ethics between those who say that if we're going to be serious about jesus then really the polity that we care about the only polity that we care about is the church um that's more of a of a kind of classic uh Wass move right mm-hmm. and Wass uh back in the day um with a kind of a Let's not get distracted by the polity issues in the nation state. But I want to say that we have a stake in the nation state as well. And that if a country abandons or weakens its democracy, it has demonstrable negative impacts on real people. Or think of the distinction we've often used in our Bonhoeffer studies, Jeremy, between the ultimate and the penultimate. Mm. Bonhoeffer talked about that in ethics as well. So even if the realm of statecraft is penultimate rather than ultimate the penultimate matters more than anything other than the ultimate right so if you're bonhoeffer in nazi germany you understand that the radical evil of that regime matters enough that you must pay attention to it and it must be resisted so in other worldly strategy all we do is preach the gospel or all we do is hunker down in our church and try to be faithful followers of jesus that's not enough, that we have to care about the polity in which we live for the sake of our neighbors, if if for nothing else. And so you might say that this is a uh, this book is a dive into the penultimate, the realm of governance and what Christians have at stake in preserving a, a democracy, something like what the United States has, though it needs reforms but a democracy by any classic definition with checks and balances and separation of powers and the rule of law and a constitution that is honored and the nonviolent resolution of disputes through the political process and that kind of thing. We have a stake in that. Um, And that's part of the argument of the book is also showing what happens in places where that goes away. Right. I I was chatting with... um some church folk recently and they want to just talk about heaven and want to know why I was so concerned with ethical issues in the present in our penultimate space. And I, <laughs> there, there's a line. I'm going to end with this. There's a, a moment in Marvel's guardians of the galaxy movie where the good guys realize that they're going to have to do an impossible thing to save the galaxy. And one of the characters cynically asks why do we care about the galaxy and our main character yells back at him because i'm one of the idiots who lives there (laughs) the penultimate matters the world matters because it's full of people for whom jesus died people created in the image of god of infinite worth value dignity and sacredness and we ought to care about them so let's do this thing thank you david Good start. Good to be back at it, Jeremy. Yeah. Folks, thank you for joining us today. Uh, We will be releasing these on a regular schedule that I will share with you soon. We are very excited uh, to have this conversation, and we want to hear back from you. You can find David and myself at our respective websites. They're easy to find because there are names. 
davidpgushy.com and revjeremyhall.com. We have uh, various projects that we've been working on that we'd love to share with you. And uh, we want your feedback on those and this. So find us on socials, message us through those uh, websites. We want to hear from you and we want to respond. We look forward to sharing this journey with you and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. This is Kingdom Ethics.